Man, you guys, to say we had a little bit of fun at camp, I think, is a little bit of an understatement. I am exhausted, but they had a lot of fun. Um, so we, we had a ton of fun, a little bit of sleep, and probably a lot of learning in the middle of there. Uh, if I haven't yet had a chance to introduce myself to you, my name is Carrie Cubley, and I am our Real Life Youth Coordinator here. Um, and just wanted to talk to you a little bit about what we did at camp this week. Um, so... The whole week really was based on kind of this idea of putting your faith in motion and what does that look like. Uh, we talked a lot about worshiping God and what does it mean to really just kind of put aside what your friends think worship means and really just worrying about what Jesus, think worship, Jesus thinks that worship means and just focusing our hearts and putting ourselves in that posture of worship. Um, another thing that we talked about was checking your circles. So what does it mean to check that circle of friends that you have, right? So are those friends that you're hanging with are they helping you grow closer to God or are they a hurdle in your way of helping you grow closer to him? And then the last thing that we really talked about, like I said, was that putting your faith in motion. What does that mean? So you have this faith, you have this knowledge of God and you know you want a relationship with him, but how do you, what do you do with that? How do you put that into motion? And so kind of this idea of like coming back home from camp, what do we do with that? Uh, James 2.18 says this, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, that sounds good, right? Like, I'll take care of the faith part, you take care of the works part, but that's not at all how it works, is it? We've got to have faith, and we have to have work. They, works. They both work hand in hand. And so just teaching these teenagers what that really looks like and what that means. Um, so at this time, what I would love to do is invite Malia up on stage with me. If you guys have not yet had a chance to meet Malia, she rocks. She is awesome. Um, this was really the first time I had the chance to hang out with her all week long. And uh, she kind of became my little mascot, my little buddy. And we kind of just ended up sitting by each other every time that we went anywhere. So I just wanted her to share with you guys a little bit about what it means um, to know God and kind of what she learned from camp, what her takeaways were and what she came home with this week. Um, so at camp, I learned how to put my faith in motion by helping other people grow closer to God. That's, um, that's mainly what I learned. Yeah. What, what was one other thing that you, that you can think of that you learned? Um, making sure that I'm hanging out with the right group of friends. That's right. Making sure that they're influencing you right, right? Everybody give it up for Malia. Isn't it awesome that we, can, we have such an influence on such a young generation? I just love the life change that happens in our, in our young teenagers. Um, so life change didn't just stop here with Malia. That's what I love. It rippled to every single teenager that we took with us. And so I want you guys to take a setting and just check out this video about what God did in the lives of our teens this week. I came to camp struggling with my attitude towards my parents. I came to camp struggling with questioning God and not praying and reading my Bible enough. I came to camp struggling with not worshiping God enough. I came to camp struggling with my faith in God. I came to camp struggling with pursuing my relationship with God. Um, before I went to camp, I was struggling with reading my Bible more. I came to camp struggling with not knowing what steps to take next. This week, Jesus taught me to go on the right path with good friends. This week, Jesus taught me that he really is the Almighty, King above all kings. And one of my favorite quotes was, there is no ifs among believers. This weekend, Jesus taught me to extend my heart out to other people by teaching them on how to get closer to God. This week, Jesus taught me that I don't need to hold back in worshiping. This week, Jesus taught me that I can put my trust in his hands. Uh, this week Jesus taught This week Jesus taught me to check my circle and see if my friends are good influences. Put my faith in motion by respecting my parents. 
I'm going to put my faith in motion by reading my Bible every day and serving others as much as I can. I'm going to put my faith in motion by taking it to school and to my family's and friends. I'm going to put my faith into motion by reading my Bible more. I'm going to put my faith in motion by reading the Bible more and trying to learn more about God, try to get closer. I will put my faith in motion from now on by thinking about my actions before I act on them. I'm going to put my faith in motion by trying to help others get closer to God. You guys, how incredible is that? right? So we're not even just seeing these teens going to camp, but like the things that they came home with is just incredible. Um, when we were at camp, I took some time and I texted some of the parents of these teenagers when we were there and just asked them for some specific intentional ways that we could pray for their students while we were at camp. And what was really cool is, um, so one of the nights, all of our leaders, we just sat down and we circled up and we, we prayed for God to just work in their life throughout the week, just to open up their hearts to what God was going to teach them, but also for those very specific things that their parents had said that, you know, they really wanted God to do in their lives. And by the end of the week, when we went to record these videos, what was amazing is a lot of the things that they were saying they were going to put their faith in action with were things that we were very specifically praying for during the week, and they had no idea. And I don't know about you guys, but it gives me chills to know that we serve such a God who is still answering prayers and still is so aware of the things and the needs that are in our lives and the lives of our students. Um, out of you guys just give it up for Jesus. I think that's amazing. Um, so what if the church loved the next generation? What do you guys think that that would look like? We, um, I don't know if you guys have heard the word millennials. I'm sure we've all heard the word, right? Um, but we are now actually on the verge of this brand new generation called Generation Z. How many of you guys have heard Generation Z? Exactly. So all of you guys that thought that Generation Z wasn't a thing or that this millennials were who we were dealing with, it's not. So what we know about this Generation Z is that um, only 4% of this, this generation claims to even have any sort of a biblical worldview at all. And this entire generation actually makes up 50% of our atheists in the United States. So they're a very skeptical, very hesitant uh, group of people. And that's what makes up our youth group, guys. Um, they want authenticity. They're not they don't want all this fluff and all this crazy stuff. They just want you to have a conversation with them and for you to love them. So what would it look like if us as a church loved this next generation of youth. In real life youth, we really strive to do just what I'm saying. We, we want to have those authentic relationships with them. We want to invite them and we want to talk to them. Like, who are you? How can we help you grow? What are you struggling with? Like, we want to meet them right in the middle of that mess. We're not worried about trying to do all these big lights because they're not impressed by that, you guys. They really aren't. Like, YouTube is something that they are all watching every day. We don't, we don't impress them. So um, I feel so blessed to be a part of inspiring this next generation. It's something that I absolutely love being a part of. And if any of you guys in this room have had any sort of a part in this next generation, even in our teenagers, whether you're a teacher, whether you are just a leader in our church, whether you are one of our youth leaders, whether you're just a friend of theirs, I just want to thank you guys for your generosity and for the love that you've poured into them because it's making a difference. They just want, they just want to be known. They just want to be heard. Um, and I think if we can bridge that gap and have conversations and really just care about these, these teenagers, we can really see them move further and farther for Christ um, than we ever could even imagine. I truly believe that. So I love working in youth ministry. I said that. But one of the other things I absolutely love is the fact that our youth ministry has the opportunity to partner with our kids' ministry. And you guys know that as parents, you have these kids that grow up and they become teenagers. And guess what happens one day? 
they become adults. So we're trying our best to help in that process of them, you know, moving. We actually have this next week. We're doing our promotion Sunday for our, our upcoming sixth graders into youth group and our little baby students. And I can say that because my daughter, Aubrey, is going to be one of them. And that absolutely blows my mind um, that she's going to be a teenager. Um, but so I love this idea that we get to partner with our kids ministry. And if you guys haven't yet had an opportunity to meet our kids coordinator, um, her name is Kelly and she is awesome. Um, I'm just so thankful for her and for her friendship. She is one of those people that pours into me spiritually on a daily basis. And I really honestly just couldn't imagine doing life without her. She's awesome. Um, so she's going to come now and talk a little bit about our kids ministry. Would you guys give it up for her? Good morning. I just want to thank Carrie and all of the leaders and the youth that went on our first real life youth camp. I'm for, I believe it is going to be the first of many. So let's just give them a round of applause. All right. It's a tough act to follow, Miss Carrie. So I want to celebrate as well what God is doing in the life of our kids and real life kids. There are so many amazing stories that have been shared with me that I want to share with you. The first story I want to share is about a very special person. Here we go. It's Rachel. She serves here as one of our police officers here at Real Life. And then this is her daughter, Brooklyn. If you haven't had the chance to meet Brooklyn, she is the one that is eager to learn. She quickly volunteers in our elementary kids class, and she loves coming here. So much that she begged her mom not to work Mother's Day so that they could attend the gathering together which they did. The next family I wanna highlight is the Anderson family. They joined us, they moved actually to Kansas City a little over a year ago. Real Life was the first church that they stepped foot in. They told me they were amazed with how welcome they felt and how amazed they were with the kids' ministry. They were even really impressed with the fact that someone had called them within the first week, which is something we routinely do, to welcome them as a family. Not only that, they've now joined our dream team, and we are lucky that Jenna and her daughter, Leah, are now serving on the kids' team in our nursery. Up next is the Holland family. Christian, London, and their mom, Diamond. They are this bright joy that walks in the door. If you've ever seen Christian smile, he lights up the room. He is so happy to come to church. Real life is family. Family has its ups and downs, and the Holland family could rely on us to provide their kids with love and consistency. Christian has made some deep connections with some of our adults in our kids' ministry, and it's been unbelievable. He is excited to come to church every Sunday, and if you haven't had a chance to meet him, you're going to notice that big smile behind me. He's eager to meet you. Up next, we have... Um, another really special person that is gonna be leaving us soon to go to college, Teresa. Teresa, we are lucky to have as a junior leader. The great thing about kids ministry and youth ministry is they are so connected. Whether you are in the youth, you have an opportunity to serve in our kids ministry. And so Teresa has been pouring into our kids in the elementary room in our kids ministry for the last several years. Not only that, she has learned alongside the kids. She said her, her faith has actually strengthened in God because of her teaching our kids every Sunday. It's amazing to see that she has grown so much and not only that, wanted to continue growing and has chosen to go to a Christian college. She's leaving us in the next less than two weeks. 
Um, so just, I just wanted to highlight her because she will always be a part of the real life family and I know she will stay connected with us. The last story I wanted to share with you is a dear friend of mine, Holly Holcomb, if you haven't had a chance to meet her. Her and her husband, Drew, were a part of our launch team from the beginning, and they have four wonderful children. All four of them are in the same classroom for the next couple of weeks in our pre-K classroom. She wants to share the story about what real life has meant to her and what real life kids has meant to her family. Hey, yeah, so like she said, I'm Holly, uh, my husband, Drew. Uh, we've kind of been around real life since the beginning, a little bit before that, but uh, we do have four amazing kiddos. Graham is almost six. We have twins, Carson and Owen. They are three. And then we have sweet little Hattie girl, and she is two. Um, so a little bit of backstory about Graham. Um, around the age of two, Drew and I kind of noticed he's just a little bit quirky. We're like, well, maybe this is our first kid. Maybe this is just what two-year-old boys act like. Um, but with some urging from some friends and our pediatrician, we went and got him evaluated. Um, about two and a half, they uh, diagnosed him with autism. And along with that came a global development delay, along with the speech delay. So I'll never forget the day that we heard those words. It was just like, whoa. I mean, instant instant obstacles to overcome for him in his life at such a young age. But um, we just prayed incessantly. Um, we still do for him and for all the, the things that are going to happen in his life and the struggles that he has. But um, we got him plugged into the Early Childhood Center at Raymore Elementary, or I'm sorry, at the Early Childhood Center for Raypeck School District. But um, got him in therapy, got him going. He's doing so great. He's doing so great. But around that time, we're church shopping. Um, so not only do we, we had three kids at that point, but we're a spectacle when we got all the kids out together in a double stroller and a two-year-old running wild. And so church shopping was a hurdle for us. Um, but Graham had made a really good friend in the early childhood center, was so excited to go to church with him. And uh, we were just looking forward to it. So we loaded all three of the kids up and here we go. And we got everybody checked in, checked in the twins, took them to their room. We took Graham to his room. Um, I first just told the leader, hey, this is Graham, super sweet. He's a great kid. But he also has autism, so that comes with a little bit of struggle. But I'm telling you, he's a great kid. You're not going to have any problems with him. So we left him. We headed into the service, just like waiting for the number to flash on the screen. You parents know what I'm talking about. You're just dreading it. Um, but we made it through the whole thing. No, you know, nobody tapped us on the shoulder. We're like, great, this is a win. Woo. Um, so we went, picked up, uh, went for a look for Graham. And at the room we dropped him off at, we're like, where is he? Where'd this kid go? We lost him on our first Sunday here. But um, we ended up finding the leader and like, hey, where's Graham? Oh, well, let me walk you to him. So she took us to the infant's room um, and Graham was in there with all the babies. And I was like, what? what's going on with that? And she said, well, I think it's just going to be easier for him and for us for him to stay with the babies. Um, and that was the first time that Drew and I had ever experienced anyone say that out loud, that our child was not even given the chance to succeed or to fail um, in that situation. And we never stepped foot back in that church. It just made a huge lasting impact on our life. And around that time, we're still church shopping. We heard about real life through Facebook and some social media. We checked it out, instantly felt like home, just fell in love with uh, Sean and Diane and the mission and vision of the church. But through all those intra-socials leading up, we left our kids at home not only because they're crazy and wild, but in the back of our mind, we just had this experience with Graham and we didn't want to go through it again. Um, and we, we just were holding that in and it gets closer and closer. We knew we were going to have to start bringing the kiddos. So launch team training, which happened here at Kentucky Trail before, before all of this started. I'm like, great, here we go. 
So brought the kids all in. I talked to Christy, which was the leader of kids at the time, just a little bit before, just to say, hey, this is Graham, great kid, but he does have autism, which comes with struggles, the whole spiel. Um, and she really listened and tuned in. So we checked him in, first thing. She got, she got right down on his level. She didn't even look at me. She looked Graham in the eye and told him exactly what to expect, what we were gonna do. She had headphones for him because she knows that sometimes loud sounds make him uncomfortable and makes him really anxious. She bought headphones for him. She had his favorite snack because textures are a thing for him and that's just a huge barrier and it makes him anxious. So before, before we had even, you know, before we'd even got involved with him in kids ministry, the, the first impression was that they loved him, they accepted him, and there was no judgment. And from that moment on, he has just thrived in kids' church. He loves it. In fact, if you're here when we get here and the door's open, phew, he's gone. He's like right down the hall, running right past all of us uh, to go to kids' church. And that's just, that's just huge as a parent, especially when you're coming to a church. Know that your kids are loved and accepted, and it doesn't matter what their diagnosis is or what they've got going on. We've all got stuff going on. Um, so we're just super thankful. Um, the other piece of that too is that um, it's been three years since we had that diagnosis. We had his IEP meeting in the spring, which I didn't even know what the letters IEP stood for before I had Graham, but I know now. Um, but so we had that, that meeting. They retested him in every area. I mean, this was like a huge test, hours and hours of testing, and I'm just kind of waiting to see what kindergarten's gonna look like for him. Um, and so we sat down and she just started the meeting off. Like, hey, I just want you to know, this is an IEP meeting, but Graham no longer qualifies for services. In fact, I don't think they'd even diagnose him with autism at this point. It's like, what? I mean, huge. Shocker, and that's not, I mean, that's awesome, yeah. That's not anything Drew or I did, and that's not, not anything his teachers did, but I truly believe that God healed him, and God has a plan for his life, and, and uh, wants more for him than this diagnosis he was given at such a young age. And um, Graham did share with me, he's really nervous to go to big kids church as he calls it but he's super excited and he loves it and just from the bottom of our hearts we're so 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 grateful and thankful for the impact that real life kids has had on his life and we just love him so much thank you holly um just for pouring your heart out and sharing that story with us um it's just unbelievable what god is doing in our kids ministry and in our youth ministry um i just kind of want to leave you with some encouraging words, um, because I feel like as an adult, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? How do I apply this? Okay, these are great stories. This is great information, but where do I take it? Um, so I think kind of what, off of what Carrie said, we need to show our next generation how to follow Jesus. And in our elementary team last week, we were just talking about what, this with our kids, to be fishermen, to go out and fish for people. And that is what they have been focusing on week after week. Today, they're focusing on going out and inviting people to church, to pour into people. And I think that's an example we can follow. So Mark 1.17 says, Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. So that's a verse that we went over last week with our elementary students. And I think the key part of that verse that stands out to me is Jesus said, Come, follow me me. So what does that mean? That means we are going to be an example for our next generation. So two things that come to mind that we can do, that we can actually show through our actions how to follow Jesus and what that looks like. The first thing is we need to go out and invite people to church. Invite our next generation, neighbors, maybe your niece, your nephew, friends of friends. 
they need to know that we care about them. And the way that starts is by inviting them to come to church. The second thing we can do to really show what it means to follow Jesus through our actions is once they're here, connect with them. Don't be afraid of them. Talk to the kids. Ask them how they're doing. What are they learning in school? What are they interested in? What sports do they play? Take the time to connect with them because kids more than ever want to know that people care about them. Just like any of us, we want this to be our home as adults. Our kids are seeking that exact same thing. They want to be, feel needed and they want, to feel, uh, they want to be known. So my question for you is, are you going out? Are you bringing people to church? Are you connecting with the next generation once they're here? Are you taking the time to do that? Because they need to know that we care about them. So I wanna leave you with this, like why should we invest in our next generation? Two things come to mind. The first thing is 85% of people that will trust, trust in Jesus will do so by the age of 18. Let that sink in, 85% of the people that will come to trust in Jesus will do so by the age of 18. That should put a fire under our feet to go out and share the good news with them and to pour into them because the majority of them are going to know Christ by the age of 18. That's pretty unbelievable. The second thing is God has chosen teenagers. We've seen this throughout the Bible. God has chosen the youth to further his cause. Think about Esther, David, Joseph, some of our disciples. God saw that they could be used. So that also means we should be investing in them. If God saw value in them, and we've seen that throughout the Bible, we should be doing the same thing. So this just tells us that the next generation is at a crucial point in their lives. They need to know that we care about them, and they also need to know that they belong here. So that's my encouragement for you today. Pastor Sean is going to close us out and kind of connect the why should we love this next generation. Come on, get up for Kelly. Man, I think it's just incredible we have um, just so many people that love and serve our next generation and kids and youth. I'm proud to be part of a church that truly cares and loves the kids and the youth. Amen. And so if you can, if you serve with, serve with the kids or youth, those different departments, you stand to your feet right now. We're going to honor you. If you stand to your feet, you serve in the kids or youth department. Come on, stand up. Come on, let's give some honor today. We love you guys. Come on. You guys are making it happen. Thank you so much for all you guys do. My little boy comes home and he can uh, quote part of the scriptures that they go over and ask him what he learns and he tells him what they learn. And so it's just so encouraging to see that, that we love the next generation so well. You know, maybe this morning you heard the story and you can kind of relate to it. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't have any church influences growing up. I came to church the first time because I was following some girls in high school. Amen. Diane was one of those girls, right? So... Gotcha. All right, anyway. Um, but man, I, I didn't have that influence in my life. And so for us, we're passionate about reaching the next generation. You maybe can relate to some of the stories like Teresa. You maybe relate to the story that I'm gonna go further and farther and faster. Like, I want my kid to do that. So maybe God's calling you just to raise your own kids at home and take the next generation and your family to love Jesus. And so here at Real Life, we're just passionate about a few things. We're passionate about young people knowing Jesus. We're passionate about it. You know, as long as there's a heaven and hell, we're gonna reach young people, amen? 
85% of people come to Christ before 18. We're gonna be passionate about that. You know, Jesus, he left the 99. I mean, a lost coin, a lost sheep, a lost son. He left a, what you call a really good percentage, amen? He was 99% there and went for the 1%. So we're gonna be a church of the 1%. That's what we're all about, the 1%, a church that's reaching people that are far from Jesus. And so we're gonna leave that comfort of our, of our safety and we're gonna reach young people as long as there's somebody in our community who needs Jesus. Every kid, every teen knowing Jesus in our community, amen? And that's the goal we strive for. It doesn't just happen here on Sunday mornings. It happens all throughout the city, all throughout the week. But you guys inviting people, caring for people in your family, and sharing Jesus with them. So we're passionate about young people knowing God. We're also passionate about young people finding freedom. I don't know about you, but I had a lot of addictions growing up. In this culture, it's so easy to flip on your phone and have an addiction. And there's so many young people trapped in sin. I don't know if you know this or not, but one in four boys are sexually abused. One in three girls are sexually abused in our culture in this time. Man, we need our young people to find freedom, find deliverance in Jesus. We're passionate about our life groups, going in our youth ministry and our kids' department. We're passionate about making a difference in them. We want to have adults that are around them, helping them, praying for them. Somebody knows the middle name, what sports they're playing, what they're struggling with, helping them on every step of their journey with Jesus. We're passionate about that. We don't believe in orphans in the house, amen? We want every person in our community to have somebody that cares for them. You can make a difference like that. You can own that generation. You can love them in that way. Not only passionate about knowing Jesus or finding freedom, but passionate about them finding their purpose. I mean, discovering their purpose. I mean, they're gifted. They're gifted. There's something in their life that God's put them here in this moment in time for. One of the greatest things to do as a youth leader is unlock their gift. Man, God put you on a purpose. This moment in history, God's placed you in to do something bigger than yourself. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. And I love when young people surrender to the cause. Amen. I love when young people say, God, you can have my life. Man, it's a blank sheet of paper. Where do you want me to go? I know you've gifted me in so many ways. Whatever you want, Jesus. Man, that's the call that we're called to lead, man, to train our young people. Man, to serve Jesus with their life. And we're passionate about them finding their radical purpose. And all of that, we're passionate about them making a difference. Man, they can, they can invest their life in something bigger than themselves for the kingdom, amen. They can live a life on purpose. Man, they can avoid all the pitfalls that I grew up in. Like they don't have to have that story of divorce in the family, or the story of all the pain, or the story of abuse, or the story of neglect, or the, or the story of chasing after stuff. They can have the story of Jesus, amen? And we can help them make a difference. So I'm gonna encourage you this morning. Will you help us love the next generation well? Will you help us love the next generation well? Man, we're not looking for people to take childcare, amen? We're not looking for babysitters in our church. We're looking for people who are passionate about raising generations that's gonna change the world, amen? And so I need you guys to step up and say, man, I, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna ask God that I wanna make a difference in this church, I'm in this community, in my own family to make a difference, to be a better father, a better husband, a better leader. Man, I'm gonna invest in a young person. I'm gonna walk slowly through a crowd. I'm gonna care for somebody. Man, I'm gonna see somebody's life change this week. And I'm praying to somebody across my path because I'm gonna get them for Jesus, amen? Like, I wanna see somebody's life change. So invest in our youth, our youth and young people. Man, pray about serving our church. Man, pray about it. I can't think of a better place to invest your time than serving our kids, our youth department in this church. And you know, for some of us, we need to ask God just to be a better person in our own life for Jesus. I mean, to be a reflection of Him. I mean, maybe you see these stories, you're like, man, that's not me. Like, God hasn't spoken to me in a while. It's not because God's moved, because I've moved. So I would encourage you, man, to put yourself in the right spot as a dad, as a father. Man, get plugged into a life group yourself. Man, be the, be the example for Jesus in your family, in this church. So I would encourage you, man, will you help us love the next generation well? We'll be that person that's open to say, that's